Welcome, everyone, to the Berkeley Center for Law and Technology's Career Series podcast. I'm Wayne Stacy, the Executive Director for BCLT. Today, we are talking about the types of litigation work needed by life sciences companies, and in particular, talking about what patent litigation looks like for life sciences companies. So I'm here with two attorneys from Weill uh, that are both leading experts in patent litigation. We have Derek Walter. He's a, a patent partner focusing on uh, patent litigation in both the biological and chemical areas. And then we have Priya Patel. She's an attorney in the patent litigation practice, also focusing on the life sciences areas. So thank you both for, for joining us today and describing a little bit uh, about your practice. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to start with, you know, the life sciences patent litigation is a very specialized uh, practice. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do day to day and what your practice would look like? Sure. I'll go ahead and start. Um, day to day, what you do as a patent litigator, it changes over the course of your career. Um, when you start out uh, as an early associate, um, you do a, a lot of case building. Um, you do a lot of um, analyzing prior art that might relate to patents in the case. You do a lot of analysis of the products that are at issue in the case. You do spend some time looking at documents that might be relevant to the case. You draft a lot of briefs. Um, you do spend some time doing discovery, um, drafting interrogatories, um, responding to discovery requests, drafting requests for admissions. You do a lot of that fairly on. And as you get more senior, you know, the tasks change a little bit. You know, you end up being more of a manager. You spend a lot more time doing a lot more emails with clients and other associates that are part of your team. You take on some more advanced skills. You know, you might spend a lot more time doing depositions. You probably spend a lot more time arguing in court. Um, you spend less time doing kind of the work that you did early on. Um, but, uh, you know, those are the main tasks that go on uh, on a day-to-day -day basis for a patent litigator. Priya might have a slightly different take on it, but that's my take. No, I agree. I think um, I, coming from, as I'm, I'm a mid-level associate at this point, so I'm kind of seeing that transition happen slowly. So um, definitely when I was more junior associate, it was more um, research assignments, building the record generally, as Derek's talking about. And I continue to do that sort of thing, but now it's more drafting responsibilities. Um, specifically, I, I also, um, I started at Weill and then I left to go to a clerkship and then I returned to Weill. And I think since my return, I've been used often to draft briefs and memos, things like that, which I, I thoroughly enjoy. So I hope that continues even as I get senior, but my day-to-day -day, um, sounds a lot like what Derek described. One, one thing that I think is worth adding on this point that I think is true of, of patent litigation, regardless of what stage you're at in your career, is that it's a field that re requires a lot of creativity. So e even when you're very junior and you're doing the work of going through documents and drafting discovery and writing motions, you're, you're building the case, okay? And building the case is an act of creativity, you know, figuring out the pieces of evidence that are gonna support your case and coming up with the theories that are gonna support your case. That all requires creativity. And that's something that never goes away, um, even as you become more and more senior. So you know, this is the kind of job for people that really like to be creative, I think. Well, my experience was with patent litigation was on the tech side. And I knew from the tech side, I mean, mid-level associates were the foundation uh, and the engine of any team 
like you said, Derek, they're the ones that were providing the creativity. They were the ones on the ground that saw things first and could really help craft a case. Um, does it vary in the life sciences patent litigation practice? No, I, I really don't think it does. I mean, I think that's the same both in the tech practice and on the life sciences side of things. Um, you know, one thing that's changed, I think, a lot over the last 15 years or so, though, is that, um, you know, the cases have focused a little bit more on the technology. When I started practicing in this field in 2006, a lot of the cases that we had pertain to, um, you know, they were tech cases, like you stated, you know, they, they were cases that pertain to um, using the internet to carry out transactions via credit cards. Um, and it, as, as some people probably know, over the, over the years, those kinds of cases um, have become fewer and far between because the courts have kind of clamped down on that. They said those kinds of patents aren't eligible. And so, um, you know, the only way it's changed is because it is that it's become focused a little bit more on the technology. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's not a prerequisite to have the technical background in this field, but in the life sciences, it helps to have it. Um, you know, you might be a little bit more adept at building the case. And when you say technical background, does that mean you need a PhD in the in life sciences to be a, a life sciences patent litigator? No, de definitely not. I don't think you need a PhD. And, you know, you don't necessarily even need a bachelor's degree to do it. You know, what I always tell people is that you have to be comfortable with the technology. Okay, you have to be comfortable with the science. Okay, you know, if, if, if you enjoyed the science, but you decided you liked something better in, in, in college, and so you decided you want to do that in college instead of science, that's fine. You can still do this. You just got to be comfortable with it. Um, the one thing I always tell people, though, is that you can't be afraid of it. Okay, if you're afraid of it, that's going to be a problem. Um, Priya, I don't, I don't think you have a PhD. Nope. I just, I mean, I studied biology in undergrad, but I don't have a PhD. Derek does, but I don't. Yeah. Well, Priya, you, you mentioned your clerkship and how the time, kinds of tasks you were doing in a law firm changed when you came back. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and then the value of a clerkship for somebody pursuing a, an IP litigation path? Yeah, I'm, I think, I, well, I will always say a clerkship has great value. For me personally, it does, and my co-clerks, I think, agree as well. Um, the biggest part of it is that you're aware of kind of the hot issues that are coming up, coming out of your clerkship, and more importantly, you're building long-term research and writing skills. And I think, sure, when I returned to the firm, my task did change. That's in part because, you know, I, I'm a higher level associate now. I'm not no longer a junior associate. But at the same time, I do think that the firm recognizes that there are certain skills that were built during my clerkship that they want to use when I come back. So in that regard, I, I definitely think a clerkship is valuable. So looking into the future a little bit, uh, what's the, the future of, of litigation work in the life sciences field? Is this a rising or, or falling field? That's a broad question. Um, <laughs> what I can tell you is that in the in the 16 years that I've been doing this, there, there hasn't been a shortage of work and we've only become busier um, over the last few years. Um, even, even during the pandemic, there's been no shortage of work. It's been one, one of the busiest years we've had. So, you know, litigation is something that ebbs and flows. But as far as I can tell, um, things seem to keep getting busier and busier. Um, you know, particularly as, as, as new technology develops and expands, 
Um, you know, one area where we work a lot is in the area of genomics and next generation sequencing. Okay, and you know that that is a technology field that's just expanded tremendously over the years. And with that expansion, um, there's been all sorts of follow-on technology um, related to it, whether it comes to analysis of next generation sequencing data, um, technology for preparing samples um, for next generation sequencing data, or new diagnostics based on next generation sequencing data. Um, all, all of these things are, are spinning out technologies that um, people are uh, generating patents in and they're suing each other over these patents. Um, and so there's, there's been no shortage of work in th those areas over the last few years. And you know, it, it, it doesn't seem to show any signs of slowing as far as I can tell. I'll just add, you mean, I mean, a lot of life sciences patents are directed to drugs and there's never gonna, drug, people are always gonna be developing drugs, right? And in that sense, the industry is always gonna grow. There's always gonna be work. Well, Pri, I'll give you the, the last question here. If you're, you're talking to law students, what classes do they need to ease their, their transition into private practice if they're gonna do patent litigation? Well, certainly patent law. Um, I think that's a, obviously an important one for this establishment matter. I think one that people don't think about is administrative law. Um, you know, a lot of what we do can be before the USBTO or before the ITC. So understanding kind of the confines of those jurisdictions is important. Um, so administrative law, patent law. Um, Derek, do you have, a, there, there, I think at least, well, I went to GW and we had very specific classes. We had some ITC litigation classes. We had things like that. So to the extent that your um, law school provides more specific classes focused on different areas of patent law, I would encourage you to take those classes as well. Yeah, I, I do have one, one thought on that. Um, one thing that I think is important for people who are interested in patent litigation is to take a good trial practice class. Um, we do go to trial as patent litigators. Now, you know, if you're someone that just wants to go to trial and wants to do trial over and over and over again, and that's why they've gone to law school, patent litigation might not be the best thing for you because we don't go to trial. Uh, we don't go to trial five, six times a year, but we do go to trial a couple times a year usually. Um, and those are big events. And, you know, having um, a good trial practice course under your belt will help you tremendously, I think. Well, thank you both for your, your time today. Um, very interesting to learn about your practice and what you think the future holds. And hopefully we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Thank you.